The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect that of the staff and management of Good Karma Brands, but are the sole responsibility of the hosts and guests of this particular show. America may have many, many days, but they will be full of trouble. There will be no rest. There will be no tranquility in this country. Until a nation comes to time with our problem. Bringing you social and political commentary from his mouth to your ears. Breaking down the issues which matter to you. You are not put here to be a white man's footstool. You are put here to represent the very best in God's world. Legendary civil rights icon, the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the studio. Reverend Jackson, how are you? Mr. Reverend, good morning on this chilly Milwaukee morning. And I am pleased to have one of the founding members of the Black Panther Party, Chairman Bobby Seale. Mr. Chairman, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. From Mr. Eric Holder. Mr. Holder, so good to see you. How are you? Well, I'm fine, man. How you been? It's been a long time. Haven't seen you for a while. The Dr. Cornell West. Dr. West, how are you, sir? My dear brother, you're so kind and so generous. So, man, but I salute you and the work that you were doing there. Doing a magnificent job there, Wisconsin. Stream live on 1017thetruth.com. Call in with your questions or comments. 833-212-1017. Join us on social media at 1017thetruth. It may not be what you expect to hear, but I will definitely give you what you need to know. Are you ready for the truth? I want the truth you can't handle the truth now live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee here is sherwin hughes good morning welcome to the program today is tuesday february 28th 2023 the last day of black history month i know you're glad that it's the last day of maybe you're not did we learn anything i think i learned some stuff I learned that the burden of black history falls on black people to teach everybody stuff about us, which is unfortunate. But I suppose during the month we get to learn things about us. I want to go a little bit deeper, try to do that yesterday and have a conversation about or analyze or discuss who helped us along the way. Because black people didn't do it all on our own. And I think it's okay for us to admit that we want to have ownership over all of our progress which takes us out of the American family, the American community. And I know that we got a real complicated relationship with this country, but at the same time, we don't have a nation. This is our nation. And so to be functioning members of this nation that we have a very complicated relationship with and the relationship that black people have with this nation is because we don't really have a nation. I mean, we have like a place kind of where some of us came from so an example would be like i don't know if my ancestry came from the ivory coast ghana or if they had been in the caribbean since the 1500s and then were sold in america i have no idea very few of us do but all i know is that i'm here and i got roots and ancestry i can trace in alabama florida and mississippi and then all points north sometime after 1968 that's all i got and because we don't have a nation it's very very hard to determine who and specifically what we are now as individuals that's great we can look at ourselves as a black community but even when we define ourselves as a black community especially on black talk radio we lament about the despair and the racism and the disparities 
and how unfair everything is and all the institutional racism. You don't build a nation that way by having only negative things in common. Our mortality rate, our imprisonment rate, our poverty rate, all of those things. Yes, they can give us commonality amongst other black people. That doesn't build a nation because it all of a sudden and always makes us an adversary to the place that we are living in, in which we are trying to form a nation because we're a people without a nation. That being said, there were people that helped us, but I don't know if we want to admit that. I think there's a few things that we don't want to admit. We're not really into fairness and equality for all people. I think we want it for ourselves, but if we get whatever our definition of fairness and equality is for ourselves, we're going to use that to oppress other people. Black folks, I think deep down inside, we want to know what it's like to have power, to subjugate other people, to make them work for us, to make them victims of our ideas and our policies. I think we want to do that. So it's not always and all the time, and it's not always at the forefront of our thinking, but when I see the visceral hate that exists in our community for everybody, quite honestly, white folks, other black people, the gays, the transgenders. When I see that, it means that we have oppression in our blood as well, which is only going to hurt us. But I also think that if we give credit to other people, whether it be politicians that sign the laws, people that sacrifice on our behalf, trying to register us to vote, people that marched with us, protested with us, bled with us and died with us. I think if we give too much credit to them, we are watering down our sacrifices, but we also may not be able to make the case for reparations because if a whole bunch of people helped us along the way that were things and races and cultures other than black and Baptist, we may not be making the best case for reparations, so we kind of keep that part quiet. But alas, when it comes to history, even the things that you want to keep quiet ultimately come to the forefront. I was looking at some stuff this morning, a whole bunch of stuff. None of it really fits together. Just trying to piece together some ideas and I, you pick one and kind of go with it. COVID. And I really hate to admit this. I don't want to admit it because we were we were worried. We we're very concerned. I'd never seen the world shut down before. You know, it's a it's a big deal. Once in a lifetime, once in a century pandemic. We thought a whole bunch of people were going to die. We saw the people on the ventilators and we're running out of personal protective equipment. Oh, it was a whole panic, right? We didn't know what to do. We didn't know how bad this thing was going to be. We didn't know how long it was going to last. We didn't know what the death toll of COVID was going to be. So that being said, and then getting our daily briefings from Andrew Cuomo, because he was the governor of New York until he'd like hugged a woman. And now he's, did they kill him? Is he dead? Andrew Cuomo. Remember him? He used to do the daily briefings on COVID and he was doing better daily briefings on COVID than the actual president of the United States and whoever our health and human services uh, secretary was at the time. So we were listening to the Andrew Cuomo on the CNN and the MSNBCs and the NBCs and all the whatever's because he was giving the COVID briefings. You see, so we was listening to him. Now he's dead. He's gone. I don't know what they did with him because he touched a lady's butt cheek. I don't know what he did. He got me too. And now he's just, he's gone. So there was some panic and we didn't know how long this thing was going to last. We didn't know what it 
would mean for us and the economy. Trump was the president. I think that actually added an additional amount of paranoia because I don't even know if Trump supporters felt safe when Donald Trump was president during the pandemic. I think they just kind of did their own thing, but I don't think they got a level of, of confidence. You couldn't have because Trump was talking about bleach and drinking bleach and putting mouthwash in your ears or whatever he was saying, all this ridiculous stuff. So we didn't know. And I think at the time with the limited information that we had about the spread of COVID and how bad it could potentially be, I think we reacted appropriately. Well, some information has since come out because now we have got a wealth of data on COVID at the local level. It really activated our public health system in this country. And here's the thing. I got a little bit more faith in the public health system in America, even though the information was kind of nebulous in the beginning. And then the, the spread of factual information was also kind of jumbled a little bit because you had a whole bunch of fake news and you had Fox news, even admitting that they were participating in nonsense and spreading fake narratives just so they could keep their specific brand of viewers connected to Fox news. Oh, there's a whole story. A whole deposition came out in court that Rupert Murdoch knew his hosts on Fox news were lying about everything, including Donald Trump saying that the election was fraudulent. They knew at Fox news, but because the viewer, and I don't want to be negative and say bad things about the viewers of Fox news, uh, but they kept those specific viewers captivated by lying to them. And what it did is it hurt all journalism in the country. Don't let me go down that rabbit hole. Cause I'll never come out of it. So it's hard to decipher what was real and what was fake about the information when it came to COVID. And also it was very political. The Democrats had one view, uh, six feet of distance. You got a mask up. You got to tell these precautions. Um, you have to go and get vaccinated as soon as the vaccine is available. I don't think the vaccine was available for almost probably eight or nine months. So it's very partisan. So whenever you have something, that's very partisan, you're not going to get universal agreement, even though it's about something as important as public health. The good news is I think when America's back is against the wall, we can get it done. We need to take swift and decisive action to protect people, the vulnerable people. And I come to find out because I got a whole bunch of data now on COVID. We did all that we did to protect the least of us. Most people were fine. I can say that now because I got the facts and the data to prove it. Most people that contracted COVID, hell, some of y'all got COVID like six times. How is that possible? Let me knock on wood. That's me knocking on some wood, okay? Not my head. That's actually a wooden counter I'm knocking on. I have never tested positive for COVID ever. Doesn't mean I didn't get it. Doesn't mean I wasn't asymptomatic. No one in my family got COVID. Here, Chicago, Memphis, Philly. Who's left in Mississippi? I don't know. The Mississippi, well, they ain't dead. So maybe they got it. No one in my family even got it. I don't know anybody that died. I like, I know people that know people that died from COVID. And again, I'm using what is called a heuristic because I don't know anyone that personally died from COVID doesn't mean that people didn't die from it. I just, I didn't go to no COVID funerals. Thank God for that. Cause that would have been horrible. 
Bottom line is this, and now some of the facts and the signs, because we've studied this intensely. The whole pandemic was very well documented. All the data was kept. I mean, the city of Milwaukee Health Department, even though for the most part, that department and city government is a mess. It's been a mess for a decade. It actually was very, very good at tracking COVID. Now, did we go a little too far by giving tickets to people that were outside? You know, we had our mandatory lockdowns. Yes. But again, we were doing that to protect the most vulnerable people. Most people that got COVID were fine. They were inconvenienced. They got, what'd y'all get? A cough and a headache? What was, Carrie, how many times you get to COVID? About 32, you got a two times. Did it kill you? You just got real sick, right? You didn't die, did you? Did you get on a ventilator? Do you have a ventilator at the house just in case? Okay. Here's what we're starting to see, ladies and gentlemen. And I hate to prove those people right. Zach, you got COVID four times. You need to stay out the streets, buddy. Four times? You tested positive four times. Did you get sick? You got sick four times. You got sick two times. Got COVID four times. Got sick two times. The hell is wrong with y'all? Your weak immune system having Gen Z millennials? See, when I was, we used to eat dirt. That's how my generation... We got a tougher immune system. Our parents would let, we'd have pacifier and the pacifier would fall in the toilet. And our parents were like, here, give it to them. They'd make them tough. Here, throw the baby in the dirt. Just rub dirt on the baby. And that makes their immune system tough. I'm saying all that to say this. Oh, I hate to admit it. First, let me say something good about the American healthcare system. The entire exercise of COVID and everything that we did from the lockdowns to the PPE to the free vaccines and the free boosters uh, and supplemental income for people that lost their income or they were laid off, they were downsized, whatever, and the extension of the unemployment benefits, that is what free public health care would look like. So if we had free health care in this country, it would look a lot like it would be calmer. Obviously, there'd be less panic. There'd be less urgency, but we have a pathway to getting universal health care. And I think that is one of the most important things that we've learned about COVID. The second most important thing that we learned about COVID is one thing I really don't want to admit, but we have to admit it. We overreacted. We completely did. Not only did we overreact, oh, wait till I tell you this story about masking. Y'all didn't want to wear the masks. Sherwin didn't want to wear the mask either. In fact, I just refused to leave the house when there were places. So there's a period of time, maybe in April, where everywhere required a mask everywhere, even though the only everywhere that existed at the time was pretty much the grocery store. I think the the Meyer that I went to in Wauwatosa, I don't really shop at Meyer anymore. But at the time I did. They didn't require masks until probably sometime in mid or late April of 2020. And I just, was just I remember the first time I wore a mask in public. I hated it. I was complaining about everything. Well, I got a story here about masking now that we have a whole bunch more data about COVID. And let me be clear. We overreacted to COVID, but we took the precautions that we did to protect the most vulnerable people because we didn't want anybody to die we really didn't and for those of you that think that there's some kind of conspiracy theory to kill vulnerable people or to kill minorities we could have did it with covid because we know black populations are the most unhealthy and we actually had one of the highest mortality rates of any race or ethnicity 
when it comes to COVID. But I think some of the extreme measures that some states and some counties and some cities went to was to protect the most vulnerable people. The bottom line is we overreacted to it. I got some details about masking that I'll talk about on the other side. So mask mandates, if we listen to actual data and fact and science, now that we've studied COVID and we looked at the spread and we look at what the ultimate mortality rate was and the number of people that tested positive, the number of people that were symptomatic versus asymptomatic, mask mandates should literally be over today. I know the U.S. government, the federal government, the Biden administration is ending all like significant COVID precautions and operations in like May, May 11th. We actually could do it today. And I'm going to tell you why on the other side, you're listening to the truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM. I'll be right back. It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017, the truth, the truth app and 1017, truth.com. Real science on masks. They make no difference. All that hell we raised. I remember getting mad at people because when I got, so when I committed to wearing a mask everywhere I went, once you got used to it, you got used to it. I felt naked without one. And I see somebody who wasn't wearing one. I bet, oh, look at them. They're a disease spreader. Or you know what really got on me? Got on my nerves rather. When people will wear the damn mask and their whole mouth and nose was exposed, they just wear it around the damn chin. Take it off. What are you doing? Stop it. Don't even. Who are you protecting yourself from? Because I believe the signs because that was the information that we had at the time. You got to wear a mask. You got to stand six feet away from everybody. Do you all remember the lines of the polling locations? We only have five polling locations open in the city of Milwaukee. I don't even know what the hell we did in February for the primary of 2020. How many locations? We had? Probably five, I'm assuming. We had five in April. You got like 355 different wards in Milwaukee and 165 or 170 different sites. And that was condensed down to five. And, of course, it was a very big election year, the year 2020. In fact, we were voting for leadership, legislative and executive leadership during a pandemic when we needed the government to be more active and more activated than ever. And the fact that we had only five polling locations open was just a travesty. But y'all went out and voted anyway, and I'm glad that you did. But remember how long the lines were? Because you had to stand six feet apart from everybody. I mean, these lines, they wrapped around blocks. They wrapped around the buildings because we had to take that precaution. Of course, you had the poll workers wearing damn hazmat suits and they had shields on and they had these big plexiglass barriers. Oh, we took it very, very seriously because we wanted to protect the most vulnerable people because we didn't know who would get COVID. We didn't know who would have symptoms. We didn't know who would die. We didn't know who was going to need a respirator. We didn't have enough respirators. In fact, the United States government went into this collaboration with corporate America. And I don't think we've done anything like that since world war two, where you've got Ford and GM and Chrysler, like our huge manufacturing plants. Let's be clear. Car manufacturers can manufacture anything. They have engineers that can manufacture anything. You give them the instructions or the blueprint or what we need to be designed to manufacture. And a car manufacturer can manufacture anything. 
Let me tell you why it was so important for us to bail out the auto industry during the recession of 2008 and 2009. Because if we are in a wartime effort, having auto manufacturers or like big manufacturing systems and corporations can help the United States manufacture anything. It's why we won World War II, because our plants that manufacture cars in the 1940s manufacture bombs and bullets and guns and tanks, etc. So with COVID, we went into that same kind of wartime economy because we were at war with the pandemic. So we because we want to protect the least of our citizenry. So having our auto manufacturers, they have the ability to manufacture anything they were necessary to churn out ventilators. Now, thankfully, we didn't need as many ventilators as we perhaps thought because people were going to take precautions. They were going to stand six feet apart. They were going to wear a mask. Some of y'all started washing your hands on a regular basis for the first time. But we overreacted. And as I'm reading the information and this data that's coming out, I don't want to say I feel stupid. I think I did the right thing. I think we all did the right thing. But I remember getting just so just like emotionally involved and emotionally angry when I would see somebody not wearing a mask because, you know, I heard all the news reports and all the media. You got to wear a mask, wear a mask. You're going to kill somebody. You're going to kill somebody's grandmother or you're going to kill people if you don't wear a mask. I, I got to study here. The mask make no difference. Can you believe that? None. Zero. What, Karen? Does the study specifically say the type of mask? Oh, it, it compares surgical masks in 95. You know what they compare it to? Not wearing a mask at all. Guess what? No difference. Oh, I got it all right. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it. Carry your bamboozle. You're bamboozled by a lot of stuff probably. Um, you cannot do that. I got another study here that says people who find themselves or who believe that they're more attractive were least likely to wear a mask. Which makes a lot of sense. I don't know if anybody is cute with a mask on, Carrie, because the most important part of a person's face is it's below the nose, the nose. And you need the nose, mouth, lip, teeth, smile combination to determine attractiveness. Because I'm going to tell you what, because, you know, you got used to trying to determine someone's attractiveness through the mask. And so there was somebody that I had seen. I seen her. You understand? I saw. I was like, Ooh, I bet she looked good. Body was proper, real nice body. And so I said hello to her. Carrie, she pulled a mask. I said, "Let me pull my mask down so I can smile at you." I said, "Oh Lord Jesus, put it back on." She looked. She looked like she just. She needed to wear the mask. That's all I got to say. I thought I felt like I got COVID by looking at her. I was like, how can you appear to be attractive and you take the mask off? And it was just booger wolf. <laughs> why are you, why are you running away? Don't run from me. <laughs> from the freepress.com. We now have the most authoritative estimate of the value provided by wearing masks during the pandemic. Approximately zero. The most rigorous and extensive review of the scientific literature concludes that neither surgical masks nor N95 masks have been shown to make a difference in reducing the spread of COVID-19 and other respiratory illnesses. I'm not done. Let me continue. The verdict ought to be 
the death knell for all existing mask mandates, but that would require the Centers for Disease Control and the rest of the public health establishment to forsake the science. The science is in quotation marks. And unfortunately, these leaders and their acolytes in the media seem as determined as ever to ignore the actual science. Before the pandemic, clinical trials repeatedly showed little or no benefit from wearing masks and preventing the spread of respiratory illnesses like flu and cold. That was why in their pre-2020 plans for dealing with the viral pandemic, the World Health Organization, the CDC, and other national public health agencies did not recommend masking the public. But once COVID-19 arrived, magical thinking prevailed. Officials ignored the previous findings and plans, instead touting crude and easily debunked studies purporting to show that masks actually worked when they did not The gold standard for medical evidence is the randomized clinical trial. And the gold standard for analyzing this evidence is the Cochrane, formerly the Cochrane Collaboration, the world's largest and most respected organization for evaluating health interventions. Funded in part by the National Institutes of Health and other nations health agencies is an international network of reviewers based in London that has partnerships with the World Health Organization and Wikipedia. Medical journals have hailed it for being, quote, the single best resource for methodologic research and for being recognized worldwide as the highest standard in evidence based healthcare. And th- so this supreme organization in analyzing public health and public health data is telling us masks make no difference. It has published a new Cochrane review of the literature on masks including trials during the COVID-19 pandemic in hospitals and in community settings. The trials compared outcomes of wearing surgical masks versus wearing no mask at all, and also wearing surgical masks versus N95 masks. I'm I'm laughing because some of y'all just wore bandanas. But but it doesn't matter, right? I remember looking at people like, oh, why is you just wearing a handkerchief around your mouth? The handkerchief, the N95, or the surgical mask, no difference. Zero. The review conducted by a dozen researchers from six countries concludes that wearing any kind of face covering, quote, (laughs) probably makes little or no difference in reducing the spread of respiratory illness. And Carrie, I did have an actual N95 mask. I had one. It was not a fake one. I had a real one. It had the um, the little metal respirator on it, and you had these little interchangeable N95 filters that you put inside the mask. It was very... It looked very space aged. It was stylish. He's trying to say it was fake. I had a knockoff. Almost wonder who. Well, doctors wear masks so they don't literally spit on you. So you don't get actual spit. But doctors don't wear masks just to stop spreading because there is some bacteria that can be like prevented from spreading, but viruses are smaller than bacteria. Viruses can go through the mask. Viruses are itty bitty, tiny, little itty bitty, tiny, little itty bitty. It may seem intuitive that masks must do something, but even if they do trap droplets from coughs or sneezes, the reason, so that's the reason says right here, Carrie, why surgeons wear masks to catch droplets from coughing and sneezing. They still allow tiny viruses to spread by aerosol, even when worn correctly. And it is unrealistic to expect most people to do so. While a mask may keep out some pathogens, its inner surface can also trap concentrations of pathogens 
that are then breathed back into the lungs. And some of the craziest, craziest conspiracy theorists, Trump supporters, anti um, public health people. Like, if you breathe in stuff in a mask, it's going to make you sick again. They're actually were right. They were correct. It traps in certain things that we need to be exhaling. And we were breathing those things in again. What do y'all think about this? That's why you got to keep changing the mask. You say, Carrie, let me be honest with you. Now the pandemic in my mind is over. You know, those blue masks, the, the disposable ones. I wore them hoes for weeks. I, I ain't stopping. <laughs> Carrie, you know, damn well that you would wear one of them blue masks more than once. Meaning like if you put on a blue mask where right, you left the crib, you put it on, you went to the grocery store and you came home, you're literally supposed to throw that mask in the garbage. Ain't no way you did that. Because in the early days, they were too hard to get. I kept them. I was just looking. I don't know what I was looking for yesterday. I was just because I got a junk drawer. Everybody in the Midwest has a junk drawer. I, yo, I got so many masks. I got truth masks. I got masks with sports team logos on them. Businesses, corporations. I think people were profiting off of the masks, even though they did not do any good. Uh, people would have whatever your brand is. You can have your brand on a mask. I got so many damn masks. I'm ready for another pandemic. Well, if there's another pandemic, I wouldn't wear a mask. I would just walk around with my face showing. What do y'all think about this science? You can argue with it all you want to, but this information is coming from all of the review data from all the different health departments, national institutes of health, the CDC, the masks make no, they make no difference. They actually had details even before COVID-19 that masking in public doesn't do, it doesn't stop the spread of anything. There were other precautions that we probably took like staying our butts at home, washing hands more. I'm sure the distance probably has something to do with it as well. We even sneeze different. I used to sneeze into my hands. If you sneeze, hey, you, you just hold, you cover your face or I'd cough into my hands. <coughs> you put your hands in front of your mouth because that's what we were taught. Cover your mouth when you cough, they would say. Now we cough and we sneeze into our our arm. Right. What's this called right here? The the, the arm crack. Carry. It's not called that. What do you call this? This the arm crack between your forearm. Now, the elbows on the other side. It's the arm butt. Dip the, the el- Gary said it's called the elbow crack. Okay, I'm gonna take a break. Come back, talk to Al from Sherman Park. But now that we have all this data on masking, we wasted our damn time. They didn't do a damn bit of good in stopping the spread of COVID. And also, the mortality rate of COVID was so low that when all of this information comes out, because they're obviously still studying this pandemic to learn as much as we can. So if there is another one, and there will be another one how we can exercise best practices. I don't want to laugh, but I just, we freaked out over COVID. Wear a mask or I'll kill you. I'll, I'll beat you. And then while you're fighting somebody for not wearing a mask, then your mask flies off. Their mask flies off. It was ridiculous. The truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Seven hundred fifty-seven million two hundred sixty-four 
11,511 confirmed cases of COVID. I'm going to go ahead and add another 143 million cases to that. So I'm going to, because not everybody got tested. This is, this is confirmed COVID. They got the test. The test came back positive. Oh, oh no, you're pregnant with COVID because a positive COVID test is like you're pregnant with COVID. Okay. And I'll bet there's at least 140 plus million people that just, they got COVID at some point over the last three years and then never got a positive test where a health department was notified. Okay. So let's just go ahead and say 900. Hell, let's run it to a billion, a billion COVID positive COVID cases. Okay. A billion deaths. You can confirm. You can't confirm every case of COVID. You can confirm every death. How do I know? Because when somebody's dead, you can prove it. Yep, they're dead. They don't have uh, all the stuff that makes you alive anymore. All right. 6,850,594 deaths. And this is current as of, let me say how current this is. As of 424 p.m. Eastern Time, February 21st. So it's they're going to update the code. They do it once a week now. No, as of February. Yeah, February 23rd. So I think tomorrow they'll be updating the COVID number. So since the pandemic started, my estimate, a billion people has had COVID, got COVID one way or another, got very sick. Some people were asymptomatic. So a billion people got COVID only. And it's, I shouldn't say only because it's still a lot of people. 6,850,594. Y'all, that is like, like half a percent of COVID cases ended in death. A half of a percent. That's a half a person per 100 people. That's insignificant. More people died from probably car accidents. I bet you more than six, six point eight million people died from car accidents in three years across the globe. Do you see how they drive in Asia? They drive very crazy. They just hit people that are in the street. We overreacted to COVID and masks make no difference. Let's talk to Al from Sherman Park. You're on the new one on one seven. The truth. Hey, Sherman. Um, yeah, with this whole COVID thing, um, actually, when it started, I worked in both food service for the homeless, and I also worked in healthcare. And a lot of what we were going through was uh, fear-induced panic. A lot of it was the media. Um, uh, some of it was Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci was so wishy-washy. After a while, I stopped listening to him because he would say, um, the sun is out today, and then tomorrow, no, it's going to be a total eclipse. No, the sun's back out. And then after a while, you got tired of flip-flopping. So then you had to just then rely on what you were seeing. Now, early on, we did see a lot of people who uh, were getting sick, but those were the people who are already compromised, right. people who were overweight, people with diabetes, people with high blood pressure, heart, lung issues, people with cancer, because, you know, their immune systems are stressed. Children rarely got sick, although it happened occasionally, but children rarely got sick in the way that the adults did. Now, um, 
we were forced to get the um, vaccine the first year that it was out. So that was like January of 21. Um, I got three of the vaccines. When it came after the third one, I said I wasn't going to get it anymore just because of the concern about the um, the heart uh, complications in males. And then when I had a doctor couldn't explain how um, mRNA worked in the body, then I said, forget it, because these people don't know, and we're just um, experimenting. But I do still wear my mask out in really crowded environments, because first of all, I'm a germaphobe, and I don't know what anybody has, really. Um, I stopped wearing it to the gym because I could space myself out. And to this day, I still hate when people, it could be like 20 ellipticals and someone will come get on the elliptical right next to you. And, and it just drives me crazy. Like, I still like the social distance. But if I go to, say, Walmart, I wear my mask because that, to me, is just a big, giant Petri dish. Target, I wear my mask. Uh, Potawatomi, I wear my mask because I just, it's just, it's, you you know, you're driving up the numbers the more people you're around by getting sick. And this last year, we were hit with three respiratory illnesses uh, starting about August, summer, through the fall and winter, which was the RSV for the children, the flu, and we still had COVID going on. We still have COVID going on uh, this day, but um, it's less and less, and people aren't getting the shots. And really, hardly anyone got the shots for their children. Fair enough, Al. But you still wear masks, even though the effectiveness is zero. Psychologically, it probably makes us feel better, but it does no good. Well, I'm a germaphobe, and then, like I said, I'm not going to risk it. I've never gotten COVID, and I usually don't get sick because I'm always washing my hands. Okay. I hate to shake hands with people. I hate touching people, touching doorknobs and stuff. I will immediately wash my hands. I always wash your hands before you put food in your mouth. That's a big thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I wash uh, my hands before I put my groceries away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, don't don't realize this. But as far as these people who are experts, uh, Dr. Fauci, I throw them out the door. Um, and this whole thing, what we got to get away from is silencing people who oppose the common narrative. Because we're finding that those people were right uh, two years. Yeah, but Al, they weren't right by. because they were data scientists. They weren't right because they were public health professionals. They were. They just happened to be right because they were ignorant. Like we're not. I'm not well, going to. No, somebody just texted me and said, "Oh, sure." When you're giving, you know, first time I've ever heard you give Trump supporters praise. No, I'm not giving them praise because they knew stuff we didn't. They just were opposed to what they were supposed to do to protect public health. Now, ultimately, we come sure, to find we, out that masking didn't matter. But I'm not going to say, "Oh, those people were right." They had a fifty-fifty shot of being right. That's all it was. No, sure. We were silencing doctors who came out with opposing studies. That that's where the concern oh, is. I always think. No that all ideas should be in the public sphere and you, the individual, get to weigh it out or we argue it out and vet it and walk through, you know, the different scenarios and test them out. We should never silence the opposing voices. Fair enough. Thank you, Al. Okay, thank you. Appreciate your call. Nobody knew because the virus was novel. We hadn't seen it before. So I'm not going to say that somebody like Dr. Fauci didn't know what he was talking about. No one knew what they were talking about because the virus was new. We don't even know where it came from. Carrie, where you think COVID came from? 
where did it start at? You, you think it came from a bat, and the bat was just. Carrie, you know I can't say that on the air. So a monkey had sex with a bat. And then how did it get into people, though? Who did we have sex with? Oh, okay. So that's what happened. And what country do you think it started in? It's COVID started in Africa. Oh, that's a new twist. Okay. That's thanks, Carrie. I'm glad you're not a public health professional. I'm going to take a little break and I guess I'll talk to Carrie about her data she has on COVID that came from an African monkey. The truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. From NPR, people are less likely to wear masks to prevent COVID-19 if they see themselves as good-looking, according to a study published last month. Researchers asked 1,030 participants to self-evaluate how attractive they deemed themselves, how likely they were to wear a mask, and if certain situations, such such as a job interview or walking the dog, impacted their willingness to wear one. The more attractive a person perceives themselves, the less likely they were to wear a mask because they thought the mask made them less attractive. Inversely, the less attractive someone found themselves, the more likely they were to wear a mask. There's a proverbial put a bag over your head. Oh, that's sad. The study was found in the Frontiers of Psychology Journal published last month. The former group, so the ugly people that were more likely to wear masks, was less likely to hypothetically wear a mask for a job interview while the latter group was more likely to wear a mask in that circumstance. No, the former group was the attractive people. They didn't want to wear the mask. The ugly people did. You know what's interesting? And I'm glad that people have healthy self-esteems because it gives you the confidence to go out there and tackle the world, and the world can be very uncertain. I hate to say it, but most people are not attractive. They're not. Is that fair to say that? That most people are not attractive on the internet. That's one thing. Cause the internet is filters and fake stuff and lighting and angles. But in real life, I'm be honest with y'all. And I think there's some attractive women in Milwaukee. I do. I really do. But a woman is not, I have, I only see an attractive woman, like attractive enough to turn my head in this city. Maybe once a month. Maybe once a month do I, and this is just me. Y'all might see attractive people every day and where you go. Cause some of y'all have a very low standard for what attractive is. And some of y'all are boosting the self-esteems of ugly people. Then ugly people think that they can get with really pretty people. And it's a whole mess and a disaster. But once a month, maybe do I see a woman who is attractive enough to make me do a double take. And there's plenty of women here at the Third Street Market Hall. They're here eating, they're drinking, they're getting drunk. Some of them are playing shuffleboard. Some of them are playing darts. There's women all over the place. Sometimes they're walking fast. Sometimes they're sitting. Sometimes they're just doing nothing. Once a month. Quote, our findings suggest that mask wearing can shift from being a self-protection measure during COVID-19 to a self-presentation tactic. 
in the oh, so it's now. So people that are wearing masks now are ugly. Oh, well, that's fine. Keep the mask on then. Then by all means, protect yourself from COVID and from us looking at your face. Am I being rude? Uh, Carrie, am I being rude by saying that ugly people should wear masks? Well, ugly people self-report that they're ugly and they'd much rather wear a mask. So it's not me. It's the uggos that are out there. Mr. Mahdi said, I know plenty of people that pass away from the virus. Ray says, Liquor stores were open during COVID because they were considered essential services. You know what else was considered essential services? Now, we don't have any here in Wisconsin. Marijuana dispensaries. Grant says, Professor Hughes, Mitch McConnell believes President Joseph Robinette Biden overstepped his bounds when he used executive power for the student debt program. McConnell also believes Andrew Cuomo's daily reports on COVID caused the public to overreact. And now Mitch McConnell would like to share his thoughts. Nice try, Grant. I'm not doing a Mitch McConnell impression for you. But I thought Joe Biden was actually being ridiculous when he was telling everybody to stay at home during COVID. It's the reason why the economy fell apart, but it did. Uh, I, I don't believe in COVID once what, uh, what all. I don't believe in, I used to own slaves. A slave never got COVID. I don't believe in COVID one bit. I'm Barack Obama's a Muslim. 414712 says, man, why are you talking like you dizzy about the masks? Explain how infections and casualties went down when masks were worn if they didn't matter. Because people were taking other precautions. We weren't out nearly as much. People weren't in close proximity nearly as much. Being six feet apart actually did probably have something to do with it. And people just employing different types of personal hygiene but the masks the mask in and of itself does nothing do y'all know how small viruses are viruses are smaller than cells and cells are tiny like we have trillions of cells in our body a virus is smaller than that so if you can breathe air, here's the thing y'all if you can breathe air through a mask, then a virus can pass through it. Now, when you sneeze, because you've seen the slow motion of a sneeze where all the droplets spray like 30 feet, a mask protects from that. If uh, like a doctor performing a surgery, if they sneeze, then their mask that they wear protects their sneeze or their cough etc. But as far as stopping the transmission of a virus, if you can breathe, the virus is smaller than the oxygen molecules that you are breathing in when you respirate. 414-445. But I also think because we bought into it. But that's the thing about science. And that's the thing about fact. And that's the thing about data. It will change everything we know. But that's the whole point. We want to be more informed and because we held so and myself included, like I would get mad if people wouldn't wear a mask. I would get offended. I would never say anything to them. But because I so had internalized it because we were just bombarded with all the things that we have to do to protect ourselves and protect the vulnerable people. I internalize it. And because we lived in that world for better than two years now, when you find out the science and the data refute something that we bought into, it's hard to let go of it. It's still people wearing masks damn near everywhere. In fact, the federal building right across the street from where we're broadcasting right now, they still have a mandatory uh, mask wearing mandate. But the science says they were ineffective.
The Truth with Sherwin Hughes will be back for hour two.